From the studios of One Jacks Productions, this is The Revealing, a ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, with your hosts, Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio, Associate Pastor Robert Engel, and Praise Leader Chris Wing. Noah's Flood. What do you think of when you hear Noah's Flood? Uh, if you're like probably most of us or, or most uh, people or Christians who maybe grew up in church or Sunday school, uh, you may think of a Sunday school lesson and, um, you know, a happy family with with happy animals kind of on a boat, you know, rocking and, and teetering and tottering on some waves and and just a really nice kid-friendly uh, picture uh, of Noah's flood. And, and, and though those things definitely have their place and, and though – you know, as, as we teach children, and, and that's well and good and everything, uh, there's so much more to uh, Noah's flood than, than what I think most of us understand or what uh, we realize or know. Uh, and that's going to be the topic of our conversation uh, during this episode here at The Revealing. Uh, we are going into uh, another uh, covenant um, of uh, in this series. Uh, we've talked about the Adenic Covenant. Uh, last week, we talked about the um, Adamic covenant, and, and so we, we've done some uh, surveys of those things, and and kind of just a synopsis of what those are and why they're important. So we won't take much time uh, in the beginning here to to do that to, to cover that ground. Uh, if you want a refresher of that, or, or maybe you missed that, then please uh, go back and check those things out as to why these things are so important and, and what they mean for us today. Um, but uh, the Noahic covenant, um, you know what that what that is and what that means, and and uh, the importance of, of of what God was doing in that time period as He institutes this thing of uh, human government and um, and how the flood comes into play and all of that. So um, uh, we're gonna kick this thing right off, guys. Um, glad to have you here with us once again. Uh, I'm excited. Listen, after last week's episode talking about. Uh, the blood and, and and the prophecies and the virgin birth and and um, and that uh, Garden of Eden and and um, Adam and Eve and just all that stuff. It's just it was an awesome time, and uh, I'm excited to get in, into this week. Chris, you you excited for it? Amen. Absolutely, I love it. Yeah. Amen. Um, all right. So, uh, guys, let, let's just take it off here and um, and kick it off. Uh, Chris, you want to start or Pastor Frank and and have us uh, go into what this uh, maybe just what is um, what is the Noahic covenant? Uh, you know, what is uh, what does that mean? Um, what are the components of that? Maybe just kind of a, a, a brief overview, uh, Chris, if you can, or, or a synopsis. And then, you know, we'll kind of get into some of the nuts and bolts of it. Okay, well, uh, you, as you said, this is this is the, uh, the covenant uh, that goes along with the dispensation of human government. Now, how God lets over to gives over to man to govern himself. Um, this, of course, is a, a conditional uh, covenant. You know, uh, man fails at this one as, as well. Um, you know, when you think about this particular covenant in Genesis chapter nine, uh, Noah was given a particular commission much as Adam was given to multiply after the, this is after the flood to multiply and to, uh, be fruitful, multiply and, and replenish the earth. And they were supposed to spread out when they did that and they failed to do that. And so this covenant is, uh, that's the failure of this covenant that he, that he gives them and, and they don't do that the way they were supposed to. Um, but you know, when you're leading into this thing and you're talking about the, the flood, 
we have to identify, you know, what happened there and why that actually happened as we go into this particular uh, covenant and dispensation. So why did God flood the earth to begin with, right? And so there was, we left it, kind of left off there uh, on our last episode. Yeah. Um, so the cliffhanger now can be answered. Um, God judged the earth with that flood because of the sin of, man, of sin of man becoming so great that it needed to be, there needed to be a judgment. But what, what was the reason for that? You know, and uh, Pastor Frank left us off with that verse in Genesis 6, 5, where it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And so when people think about, well, why did God judge the, or why did he flood the earth? Well, because of, because of sin. And yes, that, that's part of it. But there was something particular that was going on. Yeah. I mean, and so just to make sure we, uh, and, and I'm just jumping in for just a second, so get ready. Um, understand, God killed every man, woman, and child with that flood. Mm, everything. He killed all the animals. Everything. Why would... I mean, if you just stop about and stop and think about that rationally, wow. I mean, that would almost, if, if you didn't understand what really happened, that would almost make God out to be some tyrant. Really, so, honestly, if you really stop and think about it, if you really give considerate thought to it, like, wow, that's some pretty serious stuff that he would do that. Mm-hmm. Um what is going on here? And and as Chris is getting ready to develop this, and I, again, I see the excitement in his in his uh, his, his seat there. It. He's jumping around in his seat and he I can't just control himself. He just hasn't had his meds today. That's, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do remember Genesis three fifteen? Yeah, good, good there call. was a there was a a prophecy announced that through the seed of the woman, Satan's seed was going to get destroyed. Reminder. Satan was a cherubim, a super angel, if you will. He can have a seed. So that means he can reproduce with women. What was going on here, although man certainly, as we're going to see, fell into their, uh, their own devices and their own failures, don't think Satan's not at work because mm. he is. Always. Mm-hmm. So in Genesis chapter 6, this is where it starts to get really interesting. Um, I'll read some of this here, starting in the beginning of it. It says, and it came to pass when man began to multiply in the face of the earth. Remember, that was what they were told to do. Mm-hmm. But at this point now, this is, this is after the fall. When they began to multiply in the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, the sons of God, okay, these were the ones that didn't, were in heaven, they saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Okay. So these sons of God, these angels. So before you say what they are. I think I just did. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, before you establish the biblical truth of what they are, uh, let the, the view, not the viewers, no, not the, the viewers. listeners, there you go. <laughs> uh, let them understand what most commentaries and what most scholars are going to say. That's they what are. I was thinking. Yeah. I'll let you take that then, Pastor Robert. Yeah, so uh, you're going to find two schools of thought uh, as far as this is concerned. One is uh, obviously the one that we're going to talk about and that we believe here at The Revealing, and the one that we believe the Bible bears out and clearly teaches. Uh, But the other one 
the wrong one, is that of uh, the idea that uh, the um, godly line of Seth uh, is marrying uh, the um, uh, daughters of... of um, of, the ungodly of, line. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. the ungodly line. There you go. Thank you. Yeah. So you have the, the, this godly line. Uh, yeah, thank you, Cain. So this godly line and this ungodly line, so to speak... Um, who are righteous, you know, who are just men and women uh, from a natural, uh, strictly physical, earthly standpoint. Nothing uh, nothing spiritual going on, nothing, you know, what we're going to talk about, what the Bible actually teaches. And um, that really, guys, does not hold up uh, at all uh, because, um, if, if, okay, let's just put it in today's terms. If you get a a saved man and an unsaved woman, for instance, or vice versa, two people, you know, one righteous, one unrighteous, and they have a baby, it's not going to be anything close to what this uh, yielded, what we're going to see. We're we're giants in the land. Um, You're not going to get some super android, extra humanoid (laughs) freak of nature. You're just going to get a person. Although I've seen a few. (laughs) <laughs> there are those around <laughs> that you question sometimes. Maybe around this table, <laughs> actually. But, uh, and so for that, and, and really, that's just kind of like a, a logical thing. That's just, you know, when you look at it through, through you know, the lens of logic. But look at it through the lens of Scripture, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the sons of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. By the, say the sons of Seth. By or, this you know. time, uh, that title for men mm-hmm. had been lost. Mm-hmm. You're right. Exactly. Right? Uh, back in the garden, and mm-hmm. so we talked about t- talked about that in our last couple episodes or so. But um, when you see that that this phrase "son of God" uh, all through Scripture, especially in Job, uh, for instance, uh, chapter and when 38, you say all through Scripture, I just want to make let me, go ahead. all through the Old Testament. Correct, correct. Yeah, okay. yeah because once we get to the Book of John and you know, the New Testament, the power to Christ, become sons of God right. again, yep. He gives that us changes. that power right. as men. But by this point, like by the you already birth. said, it's been lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and, the only titles of sons of God through the Old Testament are given to is to the, the the angelic realm, the spiritual mm-hmm. beings, the, those morning stars, the sons of God that Job thirty eight seven talks mm-hmm. about, where yes. they sang for joy right. at the creation. Um, so so yeah, just one. I'm glad you brought that up, Frank, because uh, that's good for us to, for even for those who maybe hold that mindset or and that no, belief. And notice what they're called: mm. sons. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why are they called sons? Well, that goes back to what we were talking about last episode. Uh, through angels, uh, the, and yes, cherubim, yes, they're all, they're all, male. all males. Yeah. They're all they're males. We talked about that last week, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't have wings. <laughs> they do not. A cherubim, cherubim and seraphim do. have wings, but not the, but the angels. The angels don't. Right. That is correct. They don't have halos over their head. That, are they playing harps? At least <laughs> they might be. Okay, <laughs> I don't see any verses. Do but not burst my bubble no, no, that much. No, so. don't have that verse. Valentine's Day. Is and, you know, <laughs> well, you know, and the sad reality is, is people are going to go. All you guys are just being too. Are we? But if you think that there are females, if you oh. think there are, uh, they do have wings. If you think they do have these things, you're losing some biblical truth. That's yeah. very important to understand. Some mm. things. that whole thing is a very Renaissancey kind of an idea. When these people would paint these big, beautiful Renaissance pictures, they would always put the cherubims and the angels with wings and all this kind of stuff. That's that's man stuff. I mean, that that's man made. That's not biblical in any way. Well, and again, as I said, some would say, "Oh, you come on, you don't have to be that that." You know, this is why that's it. important. No, this is why that's important <laughs> yeah. because if you think there were female angels, <laughs> okay, it's going to change your whole view of what's going on here in Genesis six. Yeah, yeah. Time. Sure. yeah. So, so Chris, the the sons of God are yep. not the godly line of Seth. No, these are spiritual sons of God. Yep. Okay. So in verse two in Genesis, specifically chapter six, angels. Amen. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Just want to make sure I clarify that. So we're back to Genesis chapter six and verse two, where it says the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. Notice that word took. They didn't come down and, you know, date these women for a while and get to know them. They took these wives, took them wives. They, they, they took them and raped them is what they did. Okay. They had relations with them. Um, and the Lord, uh, the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for he also is flesh yet his days shall be 120 years. And then verse four, it says there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, cling on to that one. When the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. And then we get to that verse in Genesis 6, 5, which says that, and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and it repented him. And so this is why he initially comes down or this is why he initially uh, floods and destroys the earth is because of this unholy thing that was taking place from these fallen angels that came down and took the wives of the daughters of the, of the of these women and had relations with them and they they had these um, unholy seed of giants that came from them that it was satan's attack um, from genesis 3:15 where he he's attacking that seed he's coming down and he's trying to pervert the the seed of men with an ungodly his ungodly seed and that's how he did it these angels fell and came down here and and had uh, reproduced with these daughters of men and he's trying to taint the, the seed of man by yeah. doing this and, because and he he heard that prophecy he heard that Genesis prophecy 3, he knew 15. that prophecy yeah and so his his attempt was to stop that from happening but then you get down to verse uh, let's jump to well and so let's let's just for a second before you do that chris um so here's a couple verses that i think is uh at least if you're listening right now and you're going, oh man, guys, come on, you're just, you're reaching right now. Yeah. Because uh, if you're first, for hearing this for the first time, this is like, this is out there. If, yeah. if you can't give us Bible for that. Right. So let's look at Bible. So uh, Second Peter mm -hmm. uh, 2, mm. uh, verse 4 and 5, mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I would turn your attention to that. It says, for if God spared not the angels mm -hmm. that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. And notice where he puts these angels that sin and spare not the old world, but save Noah, the eighth person, mm -hmm. a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So, so there uh, we are learning that there are angels that sinned during the time of the flood. Yeah. Well, what, what was their sin? It's interesting. Well, go back to Genesis uh, chapter six and you'll find out what their sin was. Right. Um, I think of Jude. Yes, I do too. Um, go ahead. I uh, think, uh, uh, well, yep. who, who wants to grab that? Yeah, I can read that. Mm -hmm. um, he says it, I'll, I'll get right to verse six. Um, he says there, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, mm -hmm. he hath reserved in everlasting chains unto, uh, under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. And so that's a, that's an, a, yeah. that's a, 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 a parallel verse to the Peter verse, which is a parallel verse to the Genesis verse. Yep. So we can kind of track that back to find out what their sin was, to right. know that there was a sin going on. And what it was. And, and, and tracking it back to Genesis to know what it was. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's just the importance of comparing Scripture with sure. Scripture mm -hmm. right there. Sure. Absolutely. And then there's obviously way more we could dig into this, yeah. but just enough to get your, your, yeah. your appetite uh, whetted on this and, mm -hmm. and kind of uh, maybe go look at that stuff for yourself. Um, so, so, okay. So we've got this situation. Man was supposed to go and be fruitful 
and multiply. Mm-hmm. That was what man was supposed to do. Uh, uh, they're in a fallen state. Well, they certainly were fruitful and they certainly multiplied. What were they were fruitful and mm. multiplying now mm-hmm. is this ungodly mm-hmm. race of, of uh, uh, what the Bible calls. And, and, you know, I do think it's interesting that word uh, giants uh, in the Hebrew uh, if you were to look that up, and not that I think you need to do that. If you have a King James Bible, I think you have all Amen. you need. Uh, but um, if you wanted to uh, go and see what the Hebrews called these giants, they called them Nephilim. Mm-hmm. And Nephilim, the word means fallen ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we've got going on here is that there's this, this uh, mixture of angelic human hybrids. Uh, By the way, just for fun, and if you think we're not crazy enough, let me get a little crazier. Uh, It's the spirits of these uh, Nephilim where demons come from. Mm. That's a whole nother ball game. If we were going to start comparing scripture with scripture, we could could prove that out as well. Uh, But, so this is what's being produced. Mm. So now why did God kill every man, woman, and child? Well, now you know why. And What's even more sinister, okay, or or I wouldn't say more sinister, but just as sinister, they were also having sexual relations with animals and producing ungodly uh, animals. Yes. Uh, So what does God do? Take the pure animals and bring them on the ark, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Why, why, Why does God want to save the animals? Well, And why does God kill all the animals? Well, why does God kill all those human beings? Well, they weren't what we would call uh, uh, human beings. There was something sinister going on. Mm. Uh, And and you go, and you're sitting here, you you know, you might be listening going, okay, uh, if that's what happened, that's pretty crazy. But how does that affect me today? Mm. Well, Jesus says this, as in the days Mm -hmm. of Noah's were. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man. And so what was going on during this age? Be careful. Mm. <laughs> it's Remember, he said again. they were in those days there were giants in the land and also after, after that. that mm-hmm. Okay. Which brings us back to to Noah. So you this is what you got going on. And by the way, not to get off into an even more of a tangent, but just to wet your whistle a little bit more. When these uh, giants came and these angels fell and did this thing, I mean, where do you think man learned so much of what they learned about astrology and these um, megalithic structures and pyramids and all this stuff that you see in history? The giants were worshipped by these different groups of people and, and they built these great megalithic structures and they had a lot to do with ancient civilizations and societies. Go hash that one out on your own for, for a little fun. And, and you can see how well, that all came see, to I think you can see that pass. through, I, I see you think, think you can see some of that through the line of Cain too. Mm. When you look at Genesis four, you're going to see where they learn some of these things. Right. And you have to ask, well, where do they learn this stuff mm-hmm. from? Yep. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Cause Cain certainly wasn't the godly line. We know that. Right. Mm. So where do they learn it from? Yeah. Very interesting stuff. But back to Genesis 6. Now, once we know we've established what was going on, it says in John, Genesis 6 and verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then it goes through the generations uh, of Noah. And so when you get to G- Genesis chapter 7, you've got this whole thing of the ark and the, the animals and everything. And, and, it's, and, and it now, says now, that... Now, hold on a second now. Don't you just jump past verse 8 and 9 because that might be the one of the most important parts of all this. 
let's yes. get to, let's let's go to eight. That's where I wanted to go. <laughs> let's go to eight in a second. Yeah. But nine. Yeah, that's that's the big one. Says these are the generations of Noah. Mm-hmm. And now notice what it says there. Mm-hmm. Noah was a just man. And what? He was perfect in his generations. So what does that mean? Mm. His gen- his genetic line was untainted by these fallen sons of God. Mm. His line did not go that way, and that's why he found grace in God's sight. That, that, now, that, now, I don't want to be the joker, but this is the first time a very, very important words being used in the Bible mm-hmm. that we have a very false misunderstanding of today. So... What are you saying? God loved Noah differently than everybody else? What, uh, what, what you're talking about is the word grace. Yes. And people who say that grace just means to love and to, you know, just give chance after chance after chance kind of a thing. Hmm. Um, are we going to say that, that that is what biblically, if this is the first place that where grace is mentioned and God is using his word to teach us this, well, does that mean God just happened to love um, as Calvinism would would say, uh, does God predest did God predestine Noah and loved him, um, and not um, someone else and, and damn them? Yeah. Yeah. This this idea of grace, and I don't want to harbor the point too much right now, but but because it is a first mention, and because God did find grace mm. in the eyes of uh, uh, or in Noah, Noah found grace. Yeah. Noah found right. Um, excuse me. Um, I do want to I do want to make some. Uh, uh, observations about that definitely um because what what was it that noah now what what is it that god commissions noah to do because that's really what grace is and we really need to see that grace isn't just god loving people grace is a commission there's a commission that goes along with it and and i want to talk about that for a minute because then i want to show you some new testament verses that would absolutely 100 percent verify the reality of that um you know uh, and listen, I'm not saying, and I don't want you, to, you know, if you're listening, I don't want you to think that uh, grace is not, uh, yes, grace is given by God's love. Mm. I'm not arguing that point at all. Mm-hmm. We didn't deserve it. We did nothing to gain it. Uh, it was given by God's love. I'm not arguing that point at all. What I am arguing is, though, is if that's where you stand and you just stay right there, then you don't understand the purpose of why God gave you grace. Mm. And what else comes with grace? That's the other side of the coin where we just lose it, man. Mm. We don't understand that there is something vitally important to that grace and why it was given. There's a work to be done with that grace. It gives okay. you the ability to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so let's play that out. What what did God give Noah? He gave Noah Things that he needed to do. What was it that he gave? He gave him. Uh, the, what did he need to do? He needed to build that ark. He needed to build that ark. Where ju- did he learn how to build that ark? Judgment from? was coming. Who gave? Who gave him the blueprints to build that ark? <laughs> oh, that's and is that work? Mm. <laughs> and I wonder if that ark has anything to do with the tabernacle. <laughs> I wonder wondering. if it's a picture of a few things. I'm huh? just wondering. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Uh, that's another time to the story. Right. But he gave him the grace to do that. And in the midst of all that, do you think Noah's warning everybody what's coming? Mm. Yeah, because you got to know it never had, hadn't rained on the earth before this point. So he's telling yeah. people, it's going to rain. What, what yeah. are we talking about? What's rain? Yeah. So, so you have all these components of learning what grace is. Anytime you see a word for the first time in the Bible 
Law first mention. That law first mention is so important because it will define that word for you and God will give. And then as you continue on through the Bible, God starts to develop that word even more so that you can understand it. So, so if you're listening right now and you're going, so what are you saying? You're saying that grace is more than love. What are you saying there? I mean, I know I just threw your whole idea of what you think grace is out the door, um, at least a little bit. Listen, I got a couple questions for you. So John 1.14 mm-hmm. says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. So Jesus was full of love and truth? I mean, I guess that's okay. I guess I could buy that. But could there be something more to that? Um, how about this? Acts 4.33 and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord, and great love was upon them all. Mm-hmm. No, great grace was upon them all. To mm-hmm. do what? It just told us. Yeah. To give what? Witness. Witness. The resurrection, yeah. That's what that grace was, right? Uh, Acts 14.3 says, Long time there abode they, speaking boldly in the Lord, which gave testimony unto the word of his grace. Mm. What were they doing? They were boldly, where did they get that boldness from? Mm-hmm. It was their grace. That's what gave them the ability to be bold. They're, and when they're speaking boldly, they are warning people. Mm-hmm. That's what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, look at Acts 14, 26. And thence sailed to Antioch from once they had been recommended to the grace of God for the work they needed to fulfill. Amen. Uh, Huh? If that's just love, that doesn't make any sense. Hmm. But when you start to realize that grace is, yes, it was given to us by the love of God, no doubt about it, but there is a work that's attached to that, uh, that, that grace that gives us the ability to do something we weren't able to do before. Mm, amen. Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, mm-hmm. which is able to build you up. Notice that mm-hmm. every time now we're starting to see this grace in a different light when we start to let the Bible show us. Look at Romans twelve sixteen, having then gifts deferring according to the grace. That, so what are you saying? God loved you more and gave you a different gift than He gave me? No, no. Mm-hmm. God gave you gifts and me gifts different to do the work according to His grace. That's Romans twelve sixteen. Romans twelve six. Oh six. Excuse me. Sorry if I said that wrong. No, you're good. First uh, Corinthians uh, one four says, "I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which was given you by Christ." Now watch. He tells you why he gave it to you. That in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Hmm. hmm. I think this grace thing has got a little bit more attached to it than what we thought. Sure. First um, Corinthians 15, 10, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace was bestowed upon me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than see he labored more abundantly because the grace that was given to him wasn't in vain. Mm. He took that grace and he did what he was, a, he had been given the ability to do in and through it. Second Corinthians six, one, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Can I receive the love of God in vain? Mm. That doesn't make any sense. What is he talking about? You, you can receive it in vain if you don't take that grace and put it to action. 
You can frustrate you the can grace frustrate. of God. Ah, what's that all about? Mm-hmm. Huh? Okay. Uh, how about uh, 2 Corinthians 8, 6? Insomuch that we desire Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Huh? Mm-hmm. What, what? What? Wait a minute. So we can have different graces? What does that mean? Uh, how about 2 Corinthians uh, 9, 8? And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Now watch that you always have all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I don't know if there's a more clear definition of what grace is than second Corinthians nine, eight. It tells you what that grace is doing in you so that you can abound to every good work. Hmm. We love Ephesians two, eight for by grace, are you saved through faith and that not of yourself? It is the gift of God. And I would agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. We did not earn it. We did not deserve it, but it was given to us. But, you know, we always stop. We always quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, but we never quote verse 10, which why that grace was given. Why? Because we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath ordained that we should walk in them. How about this? How about 1 Timothy 1, 14? And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love. Well, wait a minute. If grace is love, then why is he telling you that it was exceedingly abundant in faith and love? That doesn't make any sense. Obviously, grace is something more than love because then it wouldn't be exceedingly abundant in grace and love. By the way, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, by of, the word of God, right? Um, uh, how about 2 Timothy 1.9? who had saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and what? Grace. Grace. Oh, wow. Why? Why were we called according to this? Um, uh, look at uh, 2 Timothy 2.1. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Well, what? What? What do you mean be strong? How do you be strong in the grace of Christ Jesus if it's just love? No, there's something more to this. Um, uh, Hebrews 12, 28, wherefore we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably. See that? Mm. Why do we have grace? So that we can serve God acceptably. That's Hebrews what? Uh, 12, 28. Okay. Uh, I'm almost done. I only got three more. First Peter 4, 10, as every man hath received the gift... Even so, minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Huh. Huh. How about 2 Peter 3.18? But grow in grace. But grow in grace and in what? Knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then finally, 1 Peter 5.10. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you... Now look at that word. Perfect. See that? Mm. Now that ties us back to... Genesis 6.9. Genesis 6.9. We have this thing of perfect. Now what he's talking about in 1 Peter 5.10 is bringing us back to that state Mm. of mature, being perfect, mature, having no blemish. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm. Well, what happened here in Genesis uh, 6, uh, 9, Noah's bloodline, his generations had no blemish. 
blemish. It mm. was perfect. Mm-hmm. And God gave Noah and, and, and Noah found grace so that he could go and he could build that ark. It gave it was his workmanship. He had to go build the ark. Mm-hmm. Okay. And God gave him the ability to do it. And within doing all that, I promise you, Noah was. Mm-hmm. Even if he wasn't saying anything, through his work, everybody around him was going. What is this idiot doing? He's making this ginormous what is boat. This? He's talking what about it's going to rain. What is going on? Right? Mm. Now we have a biblical understanding of what grace is. Mm. Grace is more than just love. It is God giving us the ability to do something that we weren't able to do on our own. Yeah. And by the way, what it is that we are to be doing, and if we really started to flesh this thing out even more, um, we could we could see that a, a, a component of that is warning men. Hmm. Uh, I would love to take us to Colossians right now, where where Paul flat out says it. Um, but uh, I think it's Colossians, maybe Thessalonians. Sorry, can't remember off my head right at the moment. But I, I don't want to miss what's going on here because yeah. this is such an important thing that ha- is happening here in Genesis six Yes, because it has long lasting, um, 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 uh, ramifications. There you go. Good word. Yep. Yeah. That's a good word. It's true. It's true. And, and, and so, okay, you're listening and, uh, you, you're thinking, okay, I thought this was about covenants. Uh, it is, <laughs> um, this is really foundational for us to understand, you know, the setting and the why and the how and all that. Um, so, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna make sure we, we get you to understand that, but hopefully that that's helpful for you to understand, uh, why the flood, the what of the flood, you know, kind of a setting the stage there. Um, but, but what is the Noahic covenant? Um, is that conditional? Is that unconditional? Well, we talked about that. Um, and what are the components of it? Uh, well, you'll see that there in, in Genesis chapter uh, eight or nine. nine is nine. it nine? Yeah, yeah. let's go. We, yeah. we need to go to nine. Let's now. do it. Uh, real quick before you do, I just want to jump into back to Genesis uh, six for a second because as you're about to get into it, you know, God says in verse eighteen in Genesis six, "But with thee will I establish my covenant," because he's talking about the ark and everything. So he's kind of pre. Uh, giving him pre- prequel to what he's about to do. Mm-hmm. And notice that he says, but with the will I establish. So this is something he is definitely, he's going to do. Mm. Right. So Genesis nine, you said, so this is, um, an unconditional covenant for sure. Uh, Genesis chapter nine. Uh, and, and, well, we're going to back up what, a little bit. What was unconditional was that he would establish a covenant. Correct. But the covenant itself does have conditions attached to it. It has some unconditions that he wouldn't flood. The earth, right. The there are, there right. Are, so there are both, both of those are going to be found in this covenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is going to be conditions and then there's going to be unconditions. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, where do we want to start here, guys? Um, uh, probably verse 12, I think. Right? Yeah, and, here we and go. It says, and God said, this is a token of the covenant, which I make between me and you yeah. and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, don't want to go off on another tangent, but you wonder why, um, you know, the, 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 the LGBT and all that stuff uh, use a rainbow for their, uh, um, for their uh, movements. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
they stole it from God. <laughs> okay, and they're 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 trying to uh, to use that to their advantage. Uh, but he's obviously talking about a rainbow, mm-hmm. um, and 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 ultimately, uh, just so we know, uh, this bow that God set, sets in His sky uh, is so that when we see it, right, when we see a rainbow, uh, we understand the peace covenant that God made between mad and, man and Noah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, uh, man and, and God, God yeah. during this time. Uh, again, I don't want to get off on another tangent, but uh, it does help us understand uh, what uh, what is given to the Antichrist in Genesis chapter 6, uh, when he is he has a bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it ain't talking about an, a bow and arrow. Right. It's talking about the fact that the Antichrist is going to bring a peace covenant. Mm. A false uh, peace. So, yeah. uh, exactly. So, anyways, that's, that's a different story, different time, I suppose. Interesting, but, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, so, okay, so... What so let's Chris maybe uh, you can kind of help us uh, understand what were some of the what were some of the uh, things that God established in this covenant now with man uh, again man's failure what were they supposed to do they were supposed to go multiply and replenish mm. the earth what did they end up multiplying and replenishing the earth with well, a bunch of mm. uh, man obviously couldn't govern himself because mm. when ga- man tried to govern himself, this is what he mm. created. Mm. So now God is going to destroy all of that. He takes the perfect bloodline again mm-hmm. uh, out of Noah, and now he is going to do something a little different with man. What does he do differently? Pastor Robert, if you, if you want to grab that for him real quick instead, I'm looking up something. What does he do differently with man? Um, and, and in the aspect of what I'm saying is, is that where man was supposed to govern themselves yes. and they failed, yeah. what is God instituting in this new covenant with Noah? He's instituting human government now. Correct. Now men will govern men. It's not just conscience that's going to govern man. It's man's... Uh, 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 yeah, uh, going to be governed by man, and we see that all through the the. Uh, no, notice right off the bat in Genesis nine one, and God blessed right. Noah and his sons, and and said unto them, "Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth." Notice mm-hmm. again that use of that year that word replenish, same word used in Genesis one twenty eight, I think it was. Yes. Um, yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and what this does is uh, at least for me. Um, You'll see many parallels when you're looking at Adam's commission and the circumstances with him in the garden. Uh, we talked about that fruit of the vine last uh, last week in our episode, and then uh, the connections with Noah here. And um, the, 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 there was a, if you remember our previous episodes, there was a flood uh, there um, with Lucifer's flood that that was kind of. Uh, with the precursor to ushering in, you know, Adam and, and the sons of God and all of that. And so we see these connections here and God is basically give by his grace, he is giving uh, man a, a, another chance, so to speak. He is um, implementing uh, th- th- this new covenant. And, and Pastor Frank, you said that it, uh, it it has conditional and unconditional components. Is that what you said? Okay, so so I want to talk about that for a second because I think everyone's kind of familiar with the <clears throat> 
unconditional, like like Chris said earlier, I will make this covenant, um, and I will um, never never again flood the earth with water. Uh, what are the conditions, though? Yeah. So if you look at, and again, that's the whole uh, aspect of introducing human government. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, let me give you an example of how he does this. Um, if you look at verse uh, number six, mm. Genesis 9, 6, okay. uh, whoso sheddeth man's blood by man's Shall his blood be shed? For the name of God made he man. So, so, um, so now here's part of the component of 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 the human government. So, okay. So if if um, I see uh, that Chris murdered somebody, then it's our responsibility, Robert, to yeah. Hey, you you have to pay the price for that now, mm. and now your blood needs to be shed as well. So obviously Chris isn't going to go, well, I murdered somebody. I'm going to kill myself. No, no. <laughs> this is where human government's coming into play now. Man's governing man. And part of that, in, in all of that, and the way God wanted this to set up, because now what he's doing, he's taking us from, okay, so man obviously can't do this on his own. Man needs partners. Yeah. So now what God does, and he tells them, right, uh, look at verse uh, number nine, uh, or chapter one, verse uh, Chapter nine. Chapter nine, verse number one. Okay. God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. Um, so he tells them, uh, again in verse seven, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. So God's giving them this directive. Now, is that what they did? Mm. What did they do? See, he wants them to- He wants them to spread out. Spread out yeah. and re- uh, populate the earth, right. but is that what man did? No, they stayed put. No, they stayed put. Mm-hmm. And we know that from Genesis 11. That's that's what I'm thinking. Right. So so that's where the condition was. The condition is you're going to spread out and you're going to you're going to formulate yourself into nations. And you say, "Well, what do you mean by that?" Well, that's what Genesis 10 is. 10, yep. Genesis 10, God is separating the nations. Okay, that's that they call that chapter, the, the table, table of, nations. of nations. And by the way, what's interesting is that if you try to trace all of man back to that one source, the only way you can do it is in the Bible. Yeah, The people have tried all throughout history, and it wasn't until they started looking at the Bible that they could actually trace back all the groups of, of man back to one. And yes. it's, it's in the Bible. That's why they call it the table of nations. Absolutely You'll see all the nations 100%. that we know today in this world all came from this. Right. And, and so what man was supposed to do they didn't do. Mm-hmm. So now, is God going to, here's the, here's the unconditional. Has God flooded the earth no. since then? No. No. Is he ever going to do it again? No. No, he, no. He's, no, no, I will back that by saying, but he never said he wasn't going to flood the earth with fire. Mm, that's the next judgment. <laughs> okay, so be ready for that. So, so uh, let me make sure I understand this and this, so our listeners do. So the condition, uh, okay, so God's um, faithfulness to not flooding the earth was not is not necessarily dependent on them being in one place or dispersed. Yeah. So so by conditional, we're not saying okay. So man didn't do it, therefore God's not going to hold up His end of the covenant. Hmm. What we're saying is that condition was it was like a um, just a, a mandate. It was the work that they had to do. Maybe. Well, look at verse sixteen. Right. It says, and and the bow shall be in the cloud, mm-hmm. and I will look upon it that I may remember the. Everlasting. everlasting covenant. So it's that's it. Correct. He is not going to flood this earth Correct. again. Okay. But with water. But the conditional part of this is I want you to spread out 
re, re, replenish the earth, uh-huh. form yourselves into nations, and govern yourself. Yeah. That, that's what I want you to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can call that what you want, condition, whatever. Mm-hmm. But my, my thing is, and what I'm going to say is, but did they do that? Mm-mm. No. What did they do? And that's where Genesis 11 comes into right. play. Okay. Right. What they did do is the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. Mm. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east, from where that, uh, where the, uh, the ark rested, mm-hmm. they found a plain in the land of Shinar mm. and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, let us make brick and burn them. I'm in Genesis 11, by mm-hmm. the way. Genesis 11, 3. And they had brick, stone, and slime, had they for mortar. And they said, go, let us build us a city and a tower whose uh, top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole mm-hmm. earth. God wants us to be scattered abroad. We're going to show God. Let us build a tower that's going to reach to the heavens and show him that we're in control of ourselves. Here's human government. And there's human government. And God says... And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which Mm -hmm. the children of men build. Mm -hmm. And the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. And as they begin today, and as this be, uh, they begin to do, and now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to let us. Who's the us, I wonder? Mm -hmm. Uh, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Go down and confound their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord... He scattered them. He he scattered them. Mm. They were supposed to. That's what they were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do it. This This is incredibly important because, Pastor Frank, as you said, I think it was just a few minutes ago, um... Jesus in Matt over there in Matthew twenty four, he said, "As the days of Noah were, so shall yes. be the coming of the yep. Son of Man." Yes. There we refer back and, now. Good. And you look back there in verse six of Genesis eleven, and the people are one. Yes, and, I wonder and, what's going on. There. Right, <laughs> there's a unified a push for a, a, a one world a government a, a unified mm-hmm. religion yeah, economy mm-hmm. like there's yes. all these things going on. Uh, it's the days of Noah, my friends. Right. I want to want to point that out now because again you just referenced back to genesis 6 and so since we're, we're thinking on that he says in the land there were giants in the land in those days and also after that the way the also after that happens and you're, you're seeing human government here you're seeing how this is all going uh, in the wrong direction that it was supposed to but the also after that is how many were on that ark eight there eight. were eight and which generations were perfect in all their ways noah's that would be noah his wife and his three sons but his three sons had what Three wives. wives. Their generations were not perfect. So after the flood, that's how you get back to, and also after that. Now there were this, this ungodly seed finds its way back in again. And so so, I've wondered that because I don't want to derail, but I've wondered that maybe someone can, we can talk about that just for a second. Why would God allow them on the ark? If he's, if he's flooding the earth for that very purpose, well, and so, they're just going to come off yeah, the ark and so, re- do so. It I think there's a couple things I would say to that. Number one is we don't know that the, the the daughters were not. We have no idea. We don't have a verse that would say that. So that is a little bit of conjecture. Um, it could be. It's it very, could be true. It's very intriguing. It's intriguing, um, but it is a little bit of conjecture. Um, what we do know is that at some point, God, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the those angelic uh, angels. Began to do those things again. 
because we do see it happening after that. And we see many different instances in the Old Testament. Uh, I think of when the 12 spies go out to spy the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. Again, here's another weird instance where mm-hmm. God tells, um, tells them to go into Canaan and kill every man, woman, and child and kill all the animals. Yeah. And you're sitting there going, yeah. why would God do that? What, what, That's this interesting. Is why. That's interesting. This is why. Yeah. And um, you, you know what I wonder is, you know, he killed all flesh. Yeah. Okay. And First Corinthians chapter fifteen, mm-hmm. uh, good time. D uh, details what all flesh is. Yes. Okay. And, and that includes animals. And he lists those animals mm-hmm. for us: the, the cattle and the creeping mm-hmm. kind. Um, but it does not include the fish. Mm. And so when you have a flood, and I'm just asking, maybe I'm just thinking, when you have a flood. Well, fish aren't going to die in a flood because mm-hmm. they live in water. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and and so I mean, I, I wonder if those you know chimeras or or the, those the, the offspring because you know they were reproducing with animals too. Um, if that offspring, in a sense, survived through the those aquatic reptiles of fish, and then that's you know then you think about evolution and you have you know fish to man. I mean, and I what just, does the sea represent? In the you Bible? know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it, yeah. you wouldn't put it past the enemy to to, no. to find a way, you know. And he did. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt Clearly. he did. Whatever, Clearly. Whatever However that, that looks, was, yeah. yeah. I was just curious. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and so another interesting aspect to this, and, and, and I think we can probably uh, give a little heed to this, and then we can probably wrap up this covenant. Sure. Um, but in Genesis 10, um, something very important happens uh, in verse uh, 8 through 12. Um, you have this guy, mm. okay, and, and I want you to notice the terminology. Uh, and Cush begot Nimrod. Mm-hmm. And now watch. Wherefore it is said, even Nimrod, the mighty hunter. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Okay. And uh, so what a lot of people and what a lot of commentaries are going to tell you is, oh, he was on fire for the Lord. He was a mighty hunter for the Lord. And he went out and he won souls. And No, 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 no. He was a hunter of men. He was a hunter of men in the aspect that he was a destroyer of men. Well, it's it, yeah. It, what kind of man was he? A mighty man. Mighty one in the and earth. Genesis a exactly. six That's, four. That was why I pointed that Thank out. Thank you. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to steal mm-hmm. that, but yeah, I, it, that just hit me. It became mighty men, which revolt. Okay. And now watch. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel mm. in the land of what? Shinar. Yep. And where did those folks all? Mm-hmm. Migrate to? to Shinar. So who is the leader of this little band mm-hmm. leading all these men to Shinar when they were supposed to spread out? Listen, Nimrod, yeah. and, and I would love to take the time, but we just ain't got the time to do it. He's, he's a picture but, of something. Nim, yeah. Not only is he a picture of something, but man, did you ever, if you ever had the time to follow and, and track the historical records of Nimrod, uh, uh, the Babylonian Talmud would be a good place to go. What you're going to find about this, see, Nimrod had a wife. Oh, the Samaritan. By the name um, of Samaritan. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, man, uh, we just don't have the time to do it right now, but if you want to know what mystery Babylon is all about over there in Revelation, mm. it's one of the seven mysteries. Remember, we talked about that, uh, uh, that we're going to be held accountable to, mm. uh, 1 Corinthians 4 1 and 2. One of those seven mysteries is Mystery Babylon, Babylon, Babel, sure, <laughs> in the land of Shinar. Shinar. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, what this guy did. 
Okay. He is absolutely a picture of the Antichrist. I would say he is a Nephilim mm-hmm. uh, as agree. well. Um, and, and I think what this guy did is he instituted the whole false religious right. system that came out of Babel. Mm-hmm. And that false system of religion is still alive and well today. It is. And it's interesting to follow and track the Bible and see the seven heads of Satan's system. The seven-headed dragon. Mm-hmm. Y'all remember that? Mm-hmm. Right? It, where, where do you see that? You see Egypt, Assyria, Babel. All the major empires of the world. That <laughs> Media Persia. Conquered Ro- Greece, Jerusalem. Yep. Rome. Mm-hmm. These are all the major... Um, uh, and, and what you're going to see if you follow those different religious systems, although they call it something different, although they tag it with something different, the the same same. seeds are there. Mm. And that, and listen, here's where this is all important to us. Okay. Because what Satan has craftily and subtly have done and what he's been masterminding through the thousands of years since all this took place back in He's leading us all back to a one world religion. He's leading us all back to a one world economy. Mm-hmm. He's leading us back to a one world uh, government. He's leading where he is going to take control and, and, and lead. What do you think he's going to use to do all of that? Well, the, 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 the religion of Babylon. Yes. And you want to know what you want to mm-hmm. know how he's transformed that today. Mm-hmm. He's mirrored it. Mm-hmm. He's mirrored it with something we call. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Universal Christianity. So go ahead. Go ahead, folks. Let's let's not let let's not play the game. Let's not let our eyes be hit anymore to what Satan's craftiness is. Just because something's called Christian doesn't mean it's Christian. Just because something is claiming to have Christian I was talking yesterday to somebody about this, and I'll say it like this. If you gave me a glass of water, okay? And I took just a drop, one little drop of cyanide, and I put it in that water. Number one, would I be able to detect it's in there? No. Could I see it? Mm-mm. No. My glass of water is going to look really darn good. Mm-hmm. It's going to look inviting. It's going to look pure. It's going to look great. It's going to sound great. It's going to look I just it, like regular it's water. It's going to look just like regular water. The real kind. But when I drink it, Bye-bye. This is the state of Christianity today. Just because something looks, sounds, and he even has an element of truth in it, it could be 99% true. But I just got a question. If something's 99% true, is it true? No, it's 100% false. No, because there's an element of false in it. Mm. That's why I'm so serious about this. And that's why I will take a stand when I see something that's against the Bible. And people aren't going to like me for that. Mm-hmm. People are going to argue with me. Oh, you shouldn't be talking about that guy. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Last time we talked about Andy Stanton, you shouldn't do that, Pastor Robert. He's a good guy. He's a pastor. He's just trying to do the best he can. But he has an element of false in his doctrine. And all I know is the Bible says to hate every false every way. False mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And if I know that what is being propagated is false. It is my Christian responsibility by the grace 
of, there we go, by the grace of God within me mm-hmm. to call it out. Yeah. Because Paul did it. Jesus did it. Well, they weren't liked either. Peter did it. <laughs> <laughs> they all did it. Yeah. And so where's the failure of this covenant? Well, they didn't do. They didn't do what they were supposed what to do. What they were supposed to do. And so God said, okay, if you're not going to do what you're supposed to do, then I'm going to force you to do it. Mm. And hence the reason why they call it Babel. Because mm. what is Babel? It's the confusion of languages. Yeah. And that is important to understand sure. if you want to understand the whole thing and the whole idea of what the gift of tongues was all mm. about. So this is why that's important. Um, it's also an interesting fact is that when that happened, all of a sudden they were speaking different languages and then they couldn't understand each other. So they couldn't continue to build this tower to heaven, which I'm going to, con- I'm going to tell you, I think was a, a pyramid. That's why you see them all over the earth in ancient civilizations again. But when he did that, there are some languages in the world today that we have no idea where they came from. Mm. And, and so mm. perfectly explains what God did here in the Bible. All of a sudden, bam, in an instant, they were speaking something different and, and they couldn't communicate with each other. Also important to note that this guy Nimrod is of the lineage of Ham. Ham's line, uh, he got begat Cush, Cush begat Nimrod. Canaan comes from that line. This was a cursed line. And that's why I say about what I say about uh, Noah's three sons, wives because it was through that line that you see these these giants reemerge again you know uh, the philistines and all that and canaan the land of canaan which was the promised land and so on and so forth you see it all throughout history and, and so and so piggybacking off of that, that let's set up our next episode our next podcast because this is a beautiful setup so here we go so god wanted nations to spread out uh and and establish human government amongst themselves. Did they? No. Mm-mm. God forced them to do it. Okay. So there's the failure of that covenant. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden we get to Genesis 12. Mm-hmm. And now we have a new covenant being made with somebody by the name of Abraham, Abram, mm-hmm. uh, before his name change. Mm-hmm. So what was it? it it's, it's so cool. It really honestly is. It's, it's almost like God wrote the book, man. <laughs> it's almost like he really actually did. So what was it that God was going to do and establish through Abraham? Listen, we're going to obviously get into this, and we're going to talk more in, deep, in depth about it, but let me just kind of give you a preview real quick of, of one aspect of it that's going to help you see how it connects to what just happened. Mm. Through Abraham was going to be Isaac. Through Isaac was going to be Jacob. Mm-hmm. And Jacob's name gets changed to Israel. And God sets up his theocratic system through the nation of Israel to govern them. Mm-hmm. What was God doing? You screwed up. You couldn't do it yourself. Now I'm going to do it for you. Wow. And he picks a specific nation to do it through. Yeah. Did God change? God didn't change. The plan didn't change. He's just moving the... Okay, we're going to do it this way now. He's just moving (laughs) the stick, man. And and not because he needs to move the stick. It's because man continues to fail. And even still, after that, they still wanted Saul. Mm. Oh, we'll get there. But like, you know... Man always wants to govern himself. At at the point where God... Uh, you know, let them. They, they they wanted their own king. You know, so okay, God just let them over, and they chose as God said, 
pick someone like this, don't pick someone like that. And of course they, you but, know. But, 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 but God doesn't <laughs> give us the ability to choose. What are you talking about? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I forgot we were in the 21st century. Come on. <laughs> yeah, so this is all, this is why this is all important. Right. Yeah. These dispensations aren't just, and these covenants aren't just, uh, well, those are cool to know. Yeah. No. If you want to understand how God's moving and where God's going, ultimately, okay, let me just say this and we're done because I know we're already past our time. Listen, do know this, what God is doing through these dispensations and what God is doing through these covenants is to bring us back to where we started. Right. That's what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He's, he's paving the way to get us back to where we were supposed to be in that garden. (laughs) Okay. With Adam and Eve, uh, where they were supposed to be, where somebody very specific was on a throne getting his glory. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate end to it all. Mm -hmm. This is all about that. Mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately what we've done today, somewhere in all of this, Satan's satanic seeds through mystery Babylon has brought in the mystery of iniquity into all this where Satan, just like he got Eve made it all about us. Sure. So that we would be like God. And that's what we've done. Mm. And that's why we are living in the age of Laodicea. Because it's coming to an end. We're in the last days. This is about to wrap itself up. We're at the tail end of God doing all this where God's about to put his his, uh, proverbial uh, uh, foot down. (laughs) Genesis 3.15. And smash what's been going on and say enough's enough. And it's time for me to sit on this throne uh, where I, where I deserve to be so that my glory can be seen. And, and, and no, none of this is about us. Praise the Lord. Mm. We get to be a part of the story, but the story's not us. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. Yeah, definitely. All right, y'all. There, there you have it. The Noahic Covenant. Uh, hopefully that was a blessing to you. I know it was to me. And uh, you better show up next time because it's only getting better from here. Take care and God bless. Thank you for listening to The Revealing, a podcast ministry of One Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Senior Pastor Frank Silvaggio. Associate Pastor Robert Engel. For more information about One Baptist Jacks, please go to our website, onebaptistjacks.world or email us info at onebaptistjacks.world.